Hello, and welcome to ADHD Essentials, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Mahan. I'm a former teacher and mental health clinician turned ADHD coach, trainer, and consultant. I can be reached at brendan at adhdessentials.com. Here at ADHD Essentials, we help families develop the skills and knowledge needed to better manage attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Visit ADHDessentials.com for more details. Hi everyone, Happy New Year. I hope 2019 is starting off well for you and you're remembering to put the right date on all your official correspondence. Did you know that we have an official ADHD Essentials Facebook community? Go to facebook.com slash groups slash ADHD Essentials community to sign up. The link will be in the show notes. Also, the monthly Q&A with Eric Tivers that he and I do for his podcast, ADHD Rewired, is coming up on Tuesday, January 18th at 1.30 Eastern Standard Time. Go to ADHDrewired.com slash events for more details. And finally, next week is the one-year anniversary of the pod. I've got a special episode lined up that I hope you'll find personal, fun, and interesting. But that's next week. This is episode 53, the New Year's Resolution Podcast. Today, it's just going to be me. I'm going to talk a little bit about New Year's resolutions and how I'm setting them for 2019. First off, I'm not setting resolutions. I know. I just said I was. I sort of lied. Because here's the deal. Resolutions feel way too black and white for me. I feel like I either succeed or I don't. So when I stumble, as I inevitably will, because I have ADHD, it's discouraging and I feel like I've already lost in pursuing whatever my goal might be. So instead, I'm using the word intention. A New Year's intention. Because an intention feels like it has some room for forgiveness if I stumble. There's more room to readjust if things go wrong. So what are my three approaches for these intentions? Well, first, whenever I'm setting a goal, and these are in fact goals, I try to make it feeling-based. Right? How am I going to feel if I accomplish these goals? How is it going to make me feel? That's really what the why is. The why is I want to feel in a certain way. And so how do I want to feel? Once I got that idea down, then I moved into that smart goal stuff that we hear about. Right? And we'll get to that a little more in a minute. And then, as I do with just about everything, I start a pre-mortem. And we'll talk about that as well. Because I'm sure some of you are like, what the heck is a pre-mortem? Don't worry, I'll explain it. So first, how do I want to feel this year? How do I want to feel in 2019? Well, I want to feel more accomplished and I want to feel less anxious, like many of us, right? That's not too specific though, is it? And by the way, you know what makes me feel accomplished? Five-star ratings and reviews in iTunes. If you haven't posted one already, I'd really appreciate it. Just remember to use a unique username or iTunes may not accept your post. Another thing that will make me feel more accomplished is to earn my black belt in Kempo. So that's the goal that I'm going to play with as we talk about goal setting. That's my intention. My intention is to earn my black belt. So the intention I've picked for 2019, outside of just feeling more accomplished and less anxious, the one I've chosen to talk about on this episode is earning my black belt in Kempo. Will it make me feel more accomplished? Absolutely. Earning a black belt is a big accomplishment. 
I'm currently a brown belt. And will it make me feel less anxious? Yes, it will, because I am way behind where I feel like I should be with regard to my martial arts practice. I basically lost track of it when uh, I had a really hard year. My career as a teacher ended, my mom passed away, uh, my car burned down. Some of you have heard this story. It was a hard year, um, and I'm getting back to things now. And one of the things that sort of increases that anxiety of feeling behind is that everyone I was studying with, everyone I was ranking up with towards my black belt, they've all got theirs, um, and I don't. So when I go to the dojo now, I feel a little anxious about that because they've continued to practice, and I didn't. So I've got a little bit of catching up to do. Now that we know how I want to feel, let's start talking about those SMART goals. SMART goals are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. S-M-A-R-T. So is earning my black belt specific? Yes. Is it measurable? Not really. I mean, it's a yes or no, so I either have a black belt or I don't, but I'm not responsible for deciding what I test, so that I don't really know what to measure. I can measure whether or not I know forms and combinations, but that's about it. It's up to my sensei to decide what I test. Is it attainable? Yeah, it is. But again, my sensei decides when I attain this. Is it relevant? Absolutely. This is something I really want to do. And is it time-based? Kind of? My sensei, again, he decides. I might not be ready over the course of this next year. Just setting the intention of earning my black belt doesn't seem to work because it's not checking off enough of these boxes. So I broke it down into two subcategories that will help me earn my black belt, even if I'm not in charge of whether or not I actually do. I can be in charge. I can control going to the dojo. I'm looking at going to the dojo at least three times a week, Saturday mornings, and then two evenings a week. The other thing I can do, the other piece of this that I can control, is practicing my forms and combinations five out of seven days a week. And that's not counting the time I spend at the dojo. So are these things smart? Can I go to the dojo at least three times a week? Saturday mornings and two evenings per week? Is that specific? Yes. Is that measurable? Yes. Is that attainable? Yes. Is that relevant? Yes. Is that time-based? Yes. Within the week, I will know. Have I gone on Saturday morning and two evenings? Yes or no. I can measure that. Yes or no. Did I do it during the course of the week? It's time-based. It's relevant. It's something I can pull off. Will this help me get my black belt? Yes. It will help me earn it. Can I practice my forms and combinations five out of seven days a week? It can. Is it specific? Yes, that's pretty specific. Is that measurable? Yes, I either do or I don't. So we count up to five. Is it attainable? Yeah, it's attainable. I can carve out 15 to 20 minutes and do each of them once, which would be the bare minimum. Is it relevant? Yeah, it directly connects to earning my black belt. And is it time-based? Again, yeah, it's time-based. Seven days a week, I want to go five out of those seven days. So there's my time barrier. Will this help me get my black belt? Yes, it will help me get my black belt. So now we move into that second piece of the goal setting, the pre-mortem. Here's how pre-mortem works. You pretend that things went horribly wrong. You pretend that you utterly failed. And then you figure out why you failed. And we want it to be realistic stuff. Why am I likely to fail at doing these things, at achieving these goals, at following through on these intentions? And then we start to plan around those failures. We plan around those reasons. So let's play with that. I want to go to the dojo at least three times a week, Saturday mornings and two evenings a week. 
What could go wrong? Scheduling. Holy cow, when I sat down and thought about this, did I realize scheduling could nuke this before it gets out of the hangar. First off, my kids are in Cub Scouts and I'm a den leader. That means I'm going to lose one Wednesday evening a month and two Monday evenings a month for den meetings, pack meetings, and leadership meetings. That's a big deal. That's no joke. Also, I run ADHD workshops in the evening. Those could get in the way. And finally, my wife is taking a preceptorship at work, which basically means she's doing an internship for the company she works for. And this preceptorship is taking place an hour to an hour and a half away from our house, depending on traffic. And that could affect her ability to get home in the evenings, which would then affect potentially my ability to go to the dojo because someone needs to be home with the kids. So that scheduling stuff could cause some problems. Also, I could just get sick. I have not been to the dojo in about a month and a half because I've been sick. I got hit with a pretty significant cold for about a month and then Christmas and New Year's happened and right around New Year's I started getting sick again. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice or not, but I can't breathe through my nose at all. I'm no longer to the point where if I laugh I start having a coughing fit. I'm a little better than that, but I still am not breathing so well. So sickness could undermine my ability to go to the dojo three days a week. And finally, potentially... If I'm being honest, that anxiety and shame around my performance at the dojo could keep me from going. If I'm feeling like I'm not good enough, if I'm feeling like I just can't remember my forms and I don't want to go and face the shame of not remembering my stuff, that could keep me from going there. So how do I work around those challenges? Well, first off, I need to be flexible when it comes to those scheduling challenges. I have to plan flexibly. I can commit to Saturday mornings. That's a thing I can do. Evenings are trickier. I can't say I'm going to go every Monday, which is what I was trying to do before, because I lose two Mondays a month, and that's not a plan. Um, I have to be willing to sometimes go on Tuesdays, and sometimes go on Wednesdays, and sometimes go on Thursdays. Personally, I'm better when I have a specific night that is the night that I do the thing, but I'm not in a position to be able to do that right now. Also, I need to, maybe I need to adjust my expectations, right? Maybe two days a week is a better minimum. I want to do three, but two is my minimum. Another component to help me work around these challenges is the boys go to the dojo now and they go on Thursdays. So that gets me to the dojo on Thursday, which is useful. When it comes to sickness, there's not a lot I can do about that besides getting enough rest and sleeping and eating healthy and and that kind of stuff. I got sick because I pushed myself too hard (laughs) for about two months. It was all ADHD stuff, just lots of workshops, lots of clients, uh, and I'm still bouncing back from that. And then finally, that shame and anxiety component, if I keep in practice, my skills will suck less, um, so that'll help mitigate that shame and anxiety. Also, I can just own it and go anyway, right? I can be like, yeah, my stuff's not that great right now, but I'm still going because the only way to get it better is to go to the dojo and talk to my sensei and meet with the masters and get better and find out what I'm doing wrong. And also, I can practice a growth mindset and positive self-talk. I can realize that my errors are not the end of the world and that I can improve. I can see failure as an opportunity to get better, which is a new thing for me. When I was at the dojo going there regularly five years ago, I didn't have this kind of a mentality. And I struggled a lot because 
the senseis would jump on me about my mistakes and I would get anxious about it and, and the shame would creep in and it made it really hard. Uh, but now I don't have that same perspective. Now when I mess up, I'm just like, yeah, I messed up. Who cares? I'll get better. It'll be fine. And a lot of that is doing this podcast and doing the ADHD work that I've been doing for the past roughly five years. That's not a coincidence. Um, so luckily the shame and anxiety component, although I realize it's there and it could sneak up and bite me, I think it's less of a concern than it's been in the past. The second part of this goal was to practice forms and combinations five to seven days a week, not counting the time at the dojo. This one is going to be the bigger challenge because of ADHD. What could go wrong? I could not have enough time to do those forms and combinations and I could forget. So first of all, not having enough time, that's not really true. I actually do have enough time. Uh, I just don't always see it. So that time awareness matters. So how am I going to navigate that? I can schedule 30 minutes to go through my forms and combinations. It should really only take 15 to 20. But if I block out 30, I've got a bigger window. I'm in better shape. And then forgetting. That's the thing that bites me in the butt the most with my forms and combinations. I forget about them all the time. I just don't think to do it. So scheduling it, again, is going to help me with forgetting. Also, if I commit to doing it at the same time every day, that should help. So when is a good time? In thinking about it, I thought maybe the morning, but if I'm dragging, I might skip it, and I don't want to skip it. The evenings, I thought, but again, workshops, Cub Scouts, just the busyness of the day or the end of the day crash, probably not a good time. So right now, I'm targeting... Doing my forms and combinations after I get home from picking the boys up at school. I go to school, I pick them up, I come home, and then I do my forms and combinations. How am I going to remember? Well, I'm going to set an Alexa reminder. So Alexa says to me, this is your reminder. Do your forms and combinations. And also, I'm going to be accountable to my boys. Because they'll see me and they'll know if I'm doing it or not. And I want them to see their dad as a guy who can follow through on the things he commits to. That desire to have them see me as consistently practicing is important because I want them to consistently practice. Now, theoretically, I'm also accountable to my sensei, but that's not immediate enough for me. That's only when I'm at the dojo. If I text him every time I do a form of combination, he's going to kill me. So that's not a plan. But that three times a week, not regular... Yeah, he can tell if I did him or not, I guess, but it's just too vague. I need that immediate accountability. So that's why I'm going to sort of, I guess, commandeer my boys into that role of an accountability partner, or in this case, partners. So I think I've got a pretty solid plan. I think this will help me improve my martial arts skills pretty significantly. Mixed into this is other things like exercising and getting more physically fit and dropping 20 pounds and that kind of stuff. But I think you get the point of how I'm setting these goals and the approach I'm taking. So I'm not going to go into all of the other goals that I have for 2019, including putting some videos up on YouTube around ADHD and uh, getting some more top shelf guests and those kinds of things. Or the various family goals that I have, like having more adventures and spending more time creating rather than consuming. That stuff might come up later, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna break down every goal I have in this in this way. We're already about fifteen or twenty minutes into this podcast once I edit it down. 
So I hope you appreciated this. I hope it was useful for you. Again, when I'm setting these goals, when I'm setting these New Year's intentions, my three approaches are feeling-based goals. How do I want to feel? And then what's going to get me to feel that way? Smart goals, that specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based structure that so many of us use. And finally, that pre-mortem. Before you even start chasing that goal, let's look at why it might fail. Why might we fail in those intentions and uh, adjust accordingly in advance? And then as we fail, adjust on the fly, right? Like a during mortem, I guess. <laughs> we don't have to just say, oh, it's not working and give up. We can make tweaks. And I will keep you updated on how this works, uh, let you know what tweaks I find I need to make, and I will stay accountable to you just like I am staying accountable to my boys. With that, have a good day and Happy New Year. Hey, you're still here. Nice. Thanks for staying focused all the way through. If you have any thoughts or questions about today's episode, feel free to email me at brendan at ADHDessentials.com. And don't forget to check out the website, ADHDessentials.com, and visit our Facebook community. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week. In the meantime, keep focusing on improvement over perfection. 10% better is all you need.